This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league. But more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MetaShare Together. We will unpack fantasy, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson with Harrison Zuckerberg, and we are your fantasy coaches here to encourage and help you win while also finding meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. We won't always be right, but we hope we'll be convincing. We're a part of the Unpacking It podcast network. I'm coming to you from the Unpacking It Ministries studio here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and we are fired up for the start of the football season man we've got this this kind of week though in between but it's getting close preseason is over lots of drafts have happened I know I've got a couple more over the next week or so and and so you may be in a similar boat and and we'll talk about uh managing multiple leagues today and and Harrison and I have different approaches when it comes to drafts as well uh, when we do have multiple leagues, so we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, also on the show, we'll uh, we'll go over some of the, the the news and what's been happening in in kind of the last few days, but then also different players that have been rising and falling based on some of that news, especially injury news, and and maybe some of the the overall response to what we saw in preseason and some of the the narratives coming out uh, of preseason, and and we'll kind of figure out where we stand on certain guys heading into the season. Uh, also, we've uh, Harrison and I have both been a part of, of drafts uh, recently, so we'll share some of those results and what we took away from it, different players that we're excited uh, that we ended up with and, and guys that we've been missing out on, and, and why is that? And, and for those of you uh, new to the show, uh, we also, each show, we, we do a breakout midway through the show uh, where we take a, a fantasy concept related to the Bible, related to our own lives, and it's designed to you know, encourage us today. And so we're going to talk about the chaos of draft day and the chaos of being on the clock. So, so make sure you, uh, you stick around for that. And if you would like to experience Fantasy Football Fellowship in, in, in an even kind of deeper way throughout the year, either individually or for your entire league, you can become a member of Fantasy Football Fellowship. And so it's $10 for the whole season. That's it. So you support this show, support our ministry, and, and it's $10. And so you can go to fantasyfootballfellowship.com, fantasyfootballfellowship.com. And we also have church options as well. Uh, my church, we have 56 guys or uh, people, kids, women, all a part of it. Uh, we drafted the other night. And, and so if your church wants to be a part of this in, in one way or another, uh, check out fantasyfootballfellowship.com as well. And last thing, 
if you want to be a part of our, our listener league and, and we're running multiple leagues through Unpacking It Ministries and, and you can join, uh, we've got multiple op- open spots right now for our FFF 32 league. We have a best ball league and a little bit more of a, a managing league. But basically, you have the roster of one NFL team. So I am the Chargers and the Colts, one in each league. And so I'm excited about both of those teams this year. And I actually did the, I think I did the Colts in the best ball league because I'm not sure which second, third wide receivers are going to be most involved or which tight ends are going to be most involved this year. Uh, But that that offense should be be strong. So if you want to be a part of that, go to unpackingit.com slash fantasy. Unpackingit.com slash fantasy. Go purchase your team, your favorite team, the team that you like this year in in fantasy in the NFL, and then you get to to have that team from a fantasy perspective all season long. It's a lot of fun. We've been doing it the last couple of years. Excited to do it again, and so you can sign up, unpackingit.com slash fantasy. All right, we are brought to you by MediShare, and so if you're looking for an affordable, reliable healthcare option that you can trust, check out MediShare today. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. MediShare offers programs for every budget. So whether you're an individual or a family or uh, you're self-employed business owner, MediShare has options designed for you. And so go to MediShare.com slash unpacking it. Figure out if it's the right fit for you and your family and, and get a rate. Figure out, okay, that's that's better than what I, I've got right now. And, and on average, members save 50% or more on their healthcare costs. And so my family, we've been thrilled to be a part of uh, MediShare for over six years. And so I encourage you to check it out, MediShare.com slash unpacking it. All right, let's say hello to our, our fantasy coach, Harrison Zuckerberg. And he led a draft last night for unpacking it. And, and so uh, great to get the, the first league draft done. We're, we're going to have one tonight and one on Wednesday, uh, which is fun for, for us. Uh, but Harrison, what was the big takeaway from from last night's draft? The big takeaway for me last night was that QBs and tight ends went really early. I saw a lot of teams that had both their quarterback and their tight end by the end of the fourth or fifth round, only getting maybe one or two receivers, but really valuing those you know positions where you only start one guy per week. I saw a couple guys take two tight ends early in their draft. Someone took, uh, I believe it was Kelsey and Darren Waller, maybe starting Darren Waller in their flex. A lot of people taking even a backup QB really early, two QBs within the top 10, nine, eight rounds, you know, really trying to sure up those positions, thinking that they could find running backs or wide receivers later on, which for me, I found that I've got pretty good depth at both wide receiver and running backs. I waited on tight end, grabbed your guy, Cole Komet Bryce later in the draft. Nice. But it was really interesting. I was not expecting to see that many tight ends and QBs go off early in draft. Man, that's fascinating. So Sunday night, I saw something similar where quarterbacks, man, they they went and thankfully I was able to snag Kirk Cousins, who we've been talking about all preseason, as a late round guy, and I was thrilled to get him. So going into the season with him, I'm, I'm excited about, and I think he'll way overachieve from his his late ADP. But but I'm. I'm surprised that that more people aren't waiting, at least in a couple of leagues that, that we've been a part of, uh, waiting on quarterback because I think the general fantasy community, at least what I've been seeing in ADPs and all that, guys like Aaron Rodgers are falling way late. Even Trey Lance 
you can get much later a, a lot of times. And, and so there, there has been some inconsistency there. So it's, it's always a challenge for us as we go into a draft because I like that strategy of waiting on a, on a quarterback and seeing who falls. But if all of a sudden you start seeing quarterbacks go, I get, I get nervous then. And sometimes there's, there's then the panic, the, the panic draft. And so you have to be careful of that too. Uh, but it's uh, it, the quarterbacks this year. It's just kind of a, I would say, inconsistent, kind of wide open. I'm not sure what the exact trend is because I've seen Patrick Mahomes go really early, yet there's this whole other narrative that that Mahomes, ah, what can he do with Tyree Kill? So it's hard to hard to make sense of it all. I, I completely agree. And for me, what's been crazy is the tight ends. Because, you know, we both have a strategy of we want to go after elite tight ends. We like the Kelseys. We like the, uh, you know, Kittles and, and guys in the past like that. But I have not drafted one elite tight end so far this year because they are just going way too early for me. We mm-hmm. like, you know, guys who've been there in the second or third maybe, but I'm not taking Mark Andrews at the top of the second round or Kyle Pitts and and Kittle He's in the third early. round. I mean, because it's, it's about getting a positional advantage when you take positions like quarterback and tight end early. You want to get, you know, Josh Allen is going to be so much better than the rest of the quarterbacks. But if you're getting the tight end four in the third round or the QB five in the fourth round, that's no longer an advantage because you don't have one of the top QBs. You're just taking a QB early instead of waiting on someone. So I've been getting guys like Cole Komet, like Dawson Knox, like Dalton Schultz later in the draft because I'm just not comfortable reaching for how high these top tight ends are going when there's other top 10 wide receivers, top 15 running backs still on the board instead of taking the tight end four or five. So I've waited on, on tight end. Uh, well, I'll say this. I've gotten great value at tight end because I've gotten Pat Fryermuth in both of my drafts so far. And he's the actually the only player on, on both of my rosters right now, uh, which, is, which is interesting. And so we were talking about this before the show, but we both are in multiple leagues. I, I'm going to be in five redraft leagues this year and I've been going back and forth on on my approach to the diversity of players within my rosters and and where I've landed though is my preference is to have a lot of the same guys because if these are the guys that I truly believe in this year the most then that's who I want on my teams and when I'm watching on Sunday I'd, I'd probably rather have a little bit sh- smaller, smaller uh, of a of a a group of a pool of players that I'm you know following, rooting for, hoping that those you know those guys are scoring touchdowns, that kind of thing, versus having this wide range of guys. But but I'll say this: in, in my first two drafts, I drafted second overall. Both were fourteen man leagues, and I have completely different rosters. It's unbelievable. And it wasn't necessarily, that, that wasn't necessarily, oh, I got to go different, different guys. It's just how it fell. And so with my draft on Sunday, get this, I got Christian McCaffrey, Javante Williams, and Saquon Barkley as my top three running backs in rounds one through three. And I was thrilled to be able to start the draft that way. Uh, my, my wide receivers are a little questionable with, with uh, Amon Ron St. Brown. Uh, but I've been, I, I love him from hard knocks uh, and just watching him work out with his dad. I'm like, man, this guy's, this guy's a stud. So I'm excited about him with then Hunter Renfro, but to have the power that I've got at running back the, to me, you know, some, some potential league winner type guys with, with Barkley and McCaffrey, we've seen it before. And then I like, I like 
uh, Javante Williams taking that next step. I'm not worried about Melvin Gordon. A lot of people in the fantasy world all worried about Melvin Gordon. I am not. So, uh, so anyway, that's how I started my draft, Harrison. Yeah, so I would agree with you that you want to take a lot of the same guys if you think that those guys are going to break out. Like last year, I took Mike Williams a lot. This year, I've taken guys like Kenneth Gainwell and Rashad Penny a lot. I think I have them in two or three of my leagues right now. But I like diversifying at the top of the draft because you know you don't always get to have the elite players on your team. Like I know this is the first year I've ever had Christian McCaffrey on one of my teams, and I've always wanted him. Same thing with Jonathan Taylor. But for me, what the difference is with elite guys at the front is if if you have, let's say, the seventh pick and you take, you know, uh, Joe Mixon every single time with the seventh Ooh. pick, if Joe Ooh. Mixon gets injured, then you're done in all of your leagues for the rest of the year. So in rounds one and two, I like to diversify a little bit because if that top talent you get, if something happens, he gets injured, you're not done in all of your leagues. And also, you know, all these guys are at the top of the draft for a reason. If you're debating between two guys who are really close in a lot of rankings, like, for example, Joe Mixon and DeAndre Swift, in one league, take Joe Mixon, in the other league, take DeAndre Swift. If you're really close between Jamar Chase and Stephon Diggs, take Diggs in one league and uh, Chase in the other. Because at the end of the day, while we think we know what we're talking about in fantasy, a lot of times we could be completely wrong so if someone is separated by maybe only five to 10 points on the season and you have them only one spot over another, take the other guy because your rankings could end up being wrong. You know, there could be an extra, you know, 10% of the targets that go his way one week that makes a difference on the season. So I'm not saying reach for a guy, you know, who's ranked 15th versus five, but if you have two guys really close, just diversify a little bit in case you're wrong or if something goes wrong injury wise for the team. No, I, I think I'm, I'm with you as far as the first, we'll, say, we'll even say three rounds. Uh, I think that's, that's fair to say, yeah, let me, let me diversify. And it's, you, you really can't go wrong between wide receiver one and wide receiver three. Like all three of those guys are great. Jefferson, Cup, and uh, Chase. You know, those three guys, I would say. Um, and, and, you know, especially the, the second tier running backs too. I think there's, a, there's a, like you mentioned with Swift, Mixon, Cook, you know, I'm, I'm avoiding mixing this year, but yeah, Cook or Swift, I'd, I'd take either one of those guys. Uh, I will say I'm getting a little nervous about Najee Harris. Once I hear about Liz getting involved, that Liz, that Liz Frank, man, I, I got, I got to stay away from her. That makes me nervous. She, if she's hanging out with with Najee Harris, I'm out. I, I I'm sorry, I can't, I can't be flirting with Liz Frank. So uh, apparently he's got a little Liz Frank issue, and they're trying to say that he's fine and all that. And like one side of me is thinking, wait, is does that just mean that? that he heals quickly. And so maybe he's not really an injury prone guy that he's able to fight through this, or is this the start of a disaster for him and the Steelers? And I'm, I'm too nervous. I'm not willing to take that risk. So if I have somewhere in that, you know, five to nine range draft pick tonight, uh, I'm, I'm not taking, I'm not taking Najee Harris, but, but with that said, as far as talking about uh, if you've got a certain guy in different leagues, if, if there's a great value and somebody, you know, a player slip, like say Saquon Barkley slips to the third round and you've got him already in another league, take him again, take him again. If the value's there. Um, but yes, in the first round, if it's like, yeah, hey, I got Eckler over here, I got Swift over here. You know, that's, that's good. I think that's, so we're, we're on the same page there. I, I, I'll, I'll come around a little bit uh, on that. But then, yeah, mid-tier guys, the guys that you buy into, the A.J. Dillons, the Rashad Batemans for me this year. I want as much as I can of those guys on as many teams as I can get them. Please, because they're going to, I think they'll, they'll, they'll exceed 
what their ADP is. Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, these kind of guys, the value guys. Uh, get as many as you can. Um, all right, are there any players that you're surprised you haven't drafted yet, or or that you you wish you had, and, and guys that you still like, but they're, they just they're just not on your roster yet? Yeah. So one, like I mentioned before, was elite tight ends. I haven't taken elite tight end yet. Not really regretting it, but just the way the draft has fallen. Another guy who, you know, I was really in, I think he's going to be a top 20 running back this year, going to be great is AJ Dillon, like you mentioned a few minutes ago. And I I think the reason why I just haven't taken him is because his ADP is getting so high now. It because is. Everyone else is in on him where it's not really a value. I don't want AJ Dillon in the fourth round as a guy who's going to be splitting carries you know, to start the season is not the main running back in Green Bay as my RB1 or RB2, depending on how many wide receivers I've taken. Like that is just not really something that I want to go into. It's just too high at this point. And then another guy is Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, I'm really in on in LA, but he's also creeping up into the fourth and fifth round in some drafts right now, where that seems as a wide receiver three, I could get into it, but as a possible wide receiver one or two, if you started out with three running backs, maybe took a tight end early, that seems a little rich for me to be taking Allen Robinson, a guy who we all believe in the talent. We all believe in the Rams offense, but really has to prove himself still because he just did nothing last year. That's, you know, a fourth round draft pick for Allen Robinson and AJ Dillon in some leagues, you know, you really like these guys, but it doesn't mean you have to reach on them. And so far I haven't reached on AJ Dillon or Allen Robinson. I agree with you. I, I would love both of those guys, but I just haven't, yeah, I haven't been willing to to make the jump to to get them. So we got to let those guys fall to us. Um, I, I will say uh, tonight I've got this, this other draft and, and some of the players that I, that I don't have yet that it's almost like I'm going into the draft. All right. How do I, how do I get them? It's a little dangerous, but but it's also you know it's kind of worth hey if there if there's some players you really want on your your roster you know you, you try to go get them you just don't you never want to reach you know unless I would say I try to to discipline all right maybe one reach per draft if you if you leave the draft and it's like it's that one guy uh you know if you saw the movie draft day uh what was his name I always want to say Khalil Mack but whatever his name was from that Kevin Cosner movie um you just that one guy that you want you want to leave the draft with. That's it. But if all of a sudden you go, oh, I got to get this guy, and you reach an, uh, an extra round, you'll you'll get to the end of the draft and you'll go, ooh, this is this is out of balance. Um, so, but for me, I'd like to get Cole Komet. I haven't been able to get Cole Komet in my first two drafts, and so I may have to reach for him tonight. So, uh, I'm sure some of our listeners that are in the draft tonight may be trying to to to, to beat me to that. So we'll see how that how that turns out. And then Derek Carr would be the other guy. Uh, I'd like to get Derek Carr. Uh, I haven't been able to to snag him yet either. So, um, so we'll we'll talk more about some of the the players that have been rising and falling in in an ADP or or guys that based on injuries in the last couple of weeks were fading as as, as become a popular fantasy term, um, and then and then guys that that are actually rising up. And Damian Pierce seems to be that guy. He's another guy that I really would like to have on my team because I. I value Houston more than a lot of teams because I, th- I think Houston's actually going to be pretty competitive this year. Uh, Brandon Cooks was such a, a wonderful player for me last year. I haven't been able to get him yet this year either. Um, but but Pierce seems to be in the driver's seat there. Uh, I happened to draft Marlon Mack as a late-round guy the other night who I still think he's going to be in the mix. Uh, and if for some reason Lovey Smith's old school and he goes, hey, we're not giving the starting job to a rookie, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to play out. Then I've got a little bit of an insurance with uh, 
with snagging Marlon Mack. But but any any quick thoughts, Harrison? And then I'm going to jump into the breakout. You know, I completely agree with Damian Pierce. He's someone where if you just look at, you know, ESPN ADP, he seems like a huge value late in drafts. But, you know, that hasn't really adjusted for the fact that if you're in a league with serious fantasy managers, they know about Damian Pierce. If you're in a league with anyone who's watched the preseason or even has an Instagram account that's seen Damian Pierce <laughs> highlights all over the place or a Twitter, they know about Damian Pierce. And Damian Pierce now is going in a range where it would be like taking a running back in a good offense, not a one of the worst offenses probably in the NFL, which I don't think his upside is warranted of him being a top, you know, 35 running back off the board. That's just not realistic at this point, especially with Lovey Smith coming out and saying, Oh, we're not going to name Damian Pierce a starter yet. You know, we're not going to do that. Marlon Mack, you know, old school coach, maybe he's just saying it, but I can see a little reluctancy there of saying, all right, we brought this veteran in, we know your grades a rookie. You're going to have your time, but first couple of weeks, we're going to go with the vet. I just, I love Damian Pierce, great player. I don't think he's worth how high he's going in drafts right now as a guy who's still a late round rookie on a bad team. Get him as an RB3. If you're drafting him as an RB2, I, th- I think that's risky. I, I feel that way in general with rookies anyway. Because um, Brees Hall, you basically have to draft as an RB2. I'm not willing to take that risk. Uh, but yeah, if you can get. Brees Hall or Pierce as an RB3, I think then you have the advantage. Then you're feeling good uh, for sure. All right, so here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast, we we do uh, a weekly breakout. And, and so basically it's a uh, devotional thought where we, we look to the Bible and, and look to, to what God says uh, and how it relates and parallels to a fantasy concept. And, and so... This month, of course, is draft month. And over the next, I guess it dips into uh, the start of September. But, but all of us are you know, in draft mode. And, and for those of us crazy enough to, to be in multiple leagues, we've got different drafts every night. And as I've become a, a father of two and a, and a husband, trying to, trying to draft multiple nights of the week is, is very challenging. Very challenging. But it's, uh, it's a fun time of year for sure. And, you know, the, 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 the fun outweighs what I'm about to talk about. The reality is when, when we step into a draft, there's also a level of pressure, stress, intensity, but that's what we love about it, right? Because most of us, I, I talked about yesterday on the Unpacking It podcast, I was cut from my middle school football team. So my, my playing days were over early. So fantasy football, it's like, wait, I can still feel like I'm a part of things. I'm still in. And, and I, even though I stink at actually playing the sport. So this is right up my alley. Uh, me and all the other fantasy nerds. This is, this is the best. But, but what happens is when we go into the draft, we take it really seriously. And if you're listening to a fantasy podcast, you must take this seriously as well. But what happens is when we're on the clock and there's one minute to go and we've got one minute to make a decision. It's like, all right, who am I going to take? Who am I going to take? All of a sudden, you're starting to feel like, okay, I don't want to draft the guy that's going to get hurt early and ruin my season. Oh, I don't want to reach for this guy. Oh, am I going to, am I, if I don't take a tight end now, am I going to miss on a tight end? If I, if I don't get a quarterback, am I going to be left with Ryan Tannehill as my, as my guy? And if you've listened to this podcast, you know where that landed me last year. Uh, but, but that's, you know, that's the, that's the, the, the mindset of what we're, we're dealing with. And all this is happening all at once. Then throw in, on Sunday night, we had some technical difficulties because we had so many people drafting at the church. We had internet issues, and it was just like it was it was chaos. And I'm I'm the commissioner of you know technically of all three leagues, um, but then also my individual league. And I had never used the app we were using, and it was 
it was chaotic. And then I was supposed to be on the clock. And in one of the, the times I, I panicked, it was craziness. And David Montgomery was my auto draft pick. Wasn't who I was targeting and ended up, he ended up being my fourth running back, which isn't terrible. But, but anyway, I'm just painting this picture of the K the chaos of the draft. We love it. It's awesome. It's a blast. Yet it's also, there's some, there's some anxiety. There's some, there's some stress and pressure all mixed in. And, and so of course you and I can, can relate to this uh, in, in our own lives as well. And, and I would even say this time of, of year is, is that way. Many of us are either, you know, starting up a new season of, of work or uh, at school. Uh, you know, people have kids with, with you know, they're, they're starting back up for the fall semester and all that sort of thing. It's all going on now. Activities are starting up. You know, small groups at church are starting up. All of it is happening after a, you know, somewhat relaxing summer for, for most of us. And, and so in many ways, now there's this rapid pace and, and it, it almost feels like we're on the clock. Oh, I got to get my kids here. I got to finish this. I got to do this. Oh, how am I going to, how am I going to manage this and this? And, and for us that are crazy with multiple drafts, it's like, how am I going to do this draft and that draft and, and, and put the kids to bed and all that kind of thing. And all this is going on. And we all have these challenges, these seasons of life, the, the, the weeks, the days. And the truth is though, we can't thrive or even survive in the mayhem and in the chaos unless we rely on Jesus for strength and peace. It's the only way to get through these types of situations. And, and so we can't necessarily you know, prevent the stressful situations from, from happening, although we do control sometimes all the things that we say yes to in life, and I'm guilty of that. Um, but, but whatever you know, whatever the chaos is in our life, sometimes it's brought up on our own. Sometimes it's just outside, you know, forces and things that are, that are going on, um, that people have put on our plate or, or whatnot. But, uh, these are the moments where we have to pause. We have to invite Jesus who's already with us, but invite him to take, to take over and, and say, all right, Lord, I, I can't, I can't handle this situation. It's nuts. I need to think clearly. I need your peace and I need your strength. And I'm not sure we pray this prayer in the middle of a fantasy draft, but, but even in the middle of a fantasy draft, it's, Hey, let's stay calm. Let, let's, you know, it's just fantasy. Let, let's remain calm. But when it comes to real life, it, it's asking Jesus, who is our peace? He gives us peace when, when we, when we cling to him and, and rest in him and, and trust him. And so let's allow these, these Bible verses to, uh, to encourage us in, in difficult times like this. Um, Second Thessalonians says, now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation, the Lord be with you all. So every situation that may even be fantasy. So we'll throw that in the, we'll throw that in the mix. Um, if we're playing, if we're playing fantasy with meaning and purpose, uh, with, with, uh, you know, the right intentions, uh, maybe we could, maybe we could pray that prayer as well. Uh, but also a, a prayer from Isaiah 26, three. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And so we can remain in peace when our thoughts are on Jesus, when, when that's who we're, we're looking to, that's who we're focused on. Psalm 29, 11 tells us, the Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. And, and so whatever draft room we find ourselves in today, you know, high gear stress and, and situations that, that cause us to feel like we're on the clock and we're, we're, we're nervously going back and forth on, on what to do. And 
nervous about, no, I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to make a mistake. Let's remember that, that Jesus gives us peace and strength to overcome the craziness, to be the calm in the middle of the storm. That's who he is for us. He's the rock. He's our foundation. We just have to remain focused and, and pause long enough to say, all right, Lord, I'm getting crazy. Things are going nuts. I need you. The simple prayer of I need you. And, and so we can confidently rely on him for, for wisdom to, to make wise decisions, even in the midst of, of sometimes chaos. Um, again, back to the fantasy, you know, we got to make wise decisions when we're on the clock in fantasy. We got to make wise decisions when we're, when we're on the clock, so to speak in, in life and ask him for his will, his direction, his guidance in our lives as we rely on him. So you can, uh, you can unpack that today. Uh, that's this week's fantasy football fellowship breakout. And if you want to, uh, be able to read these throughout the season and also have discussion questions, a challenge, a prayer. Uh, all of that is available on fantasyfootballfellowship.com for our members. And so it's $10 for the whole season, and you get access to all of that content. And, and we encourage you to, to participate individually, but then also get your league involved. Invite them to, to be a part of league meetings and meet weekly to discuss these types of topics. And so you, know, you can discuss the topic of chaos. And, and what each of you are going through in life and encourage one another and say, hey, man, I'm struggling, I'm, bound, I'm juggling with you know, multiple kids and marriage and work, and how are you doing it? Oh, man, I'm struggling here, but I'm, I'm finding some success here, and, and God's really working in this area of my life, and, and here, here are some changes that I've made. You help one another. But these have to happen in, you know, in group settings. And so what better small group than a league, a fantasy league? So that's why we developed Fantasy Football Fellowship uh, for you and your league. So encourage you uh, to, to do that throughout the season. Uh, again, fantasyfootballfellowship.com. All right, Harrison, it's been a wild summer. Players have been rising. They've been falling. We were on, I think we were on with a couple players, you know, midway through the summer that have now we've seen them skyrocket. Mentioned A.J. Dillon earlier. We were talking about him early in the season, early in the offseason, I should say, um, and early in draft season, we'll, we'll call it. Uh, but who are some guys that, that recently you've seen uh, kind of rise ADP in the drafts that you've been in? You go, wow, that guy's going earlier. I was hoping I could get him later. Who, who are some of those names? Yeah, so one guy who I'm seeing rise a lot right now, and for good reason, is Chase Edmonds. Because, you know, we didn't know what was going on in the Miami backfield. I talked about last week how I thought Chase Edmonds was the guy there. Uh, and then a few days ago, they cut Sony Michelle which I think provides a lot of clarity in Miami that it's Edmonds and Mostert. And, you know, Mostert never really plays. So it's pretty much Edmonds. Um, and if you have a starting running back who's a great pass catcher in an, in an improved offense with a, you know, very good offensive-minded coach, I think that could be really attractive to get Edmonds right now. He's going like in the RB 30 to 40 range, which is crazy. I think he's a great value. And then someone who's really been, you know, weird to monitor throughout the offseason is J.K. Dobbins because, yes. you know, we know the talent is there, but we don't really know what's going on with the injury, with the situation. We got a little bit more clarity that Gus Edwards is going to be out for the first four weeks of the year this year. Uh, he, you know, Ed, Dobbins is still hopeful for week one, but we're not sure. But we know if he gets on the field, he probably will be the guy more than Edwards. Is. I don't really see Edwards as a threat. But Mike Davis is still there, and they just signed Kenyon Drake this morning as well, adding even more competition to that backfield. So I don't really know what to do with J.K. Dobbins at this point. 
I've seen him rise in some drafts, but now he might start to fall in other ones because if they're bringing in Kenyon Drake, that's when you know they're getting desperate for running back because Kenyon Drake's really done nothing. And I would I would be shocked if he you know had a major role in this offense past just filling in for injury. But it's something to monitor there in Baltimore if they're bringing in more running backs with J.K. Dobbins' injury. The only pushback, yeah, I agree with you. I guess the only thing, the Ravens just love running backs. So the more yeah. they have, and they've, they've dealt with all the injuries over the years, so it seems like they're always bringing in in guys. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not interested in Drake in, in any, any form or fashion. And, and I, I will say I, I'm probably I'm, I'm out on J.K. Dobbins. I, I just think the uncertainty for me, I, I'm, not willing to, I'm not willing to take that risk. He could be great, and I, I, I won't be surprised by it. Maybe that's a soft thing, but I just personally, I'm not, I'm not drafting Dobbins. I do like Lamar Jackson, um, and I and I'm real high on Rashad Bateman. So those are those are the two guys I'm targeting uh, in in Baltimore. Um, all right. So of of course there was some some very yeah sad news in in Washington, and you know it's always delicate when when you hear about you know stories from real life, and and then we care about it from a fantasy perspective. But but Brian Robinson being shot, I mean, it's just. You know, crazy for that to, to come across. I was drafting Sunday night and that, that came across. Um, so you've followed Washington closely the last couple of years. Uh, where, where do you come out now? We, of course we, we care for Brian as a person and, and healing personally, but from a fancy perspective, what do we do with Washington? Yeah. The running back room there is really interesting because, you know, it was literally just a week ago. We were saying we were fading Antonio Gibson because he was put on punt return duty, kick return duty, and didn't look like he was a starter there in Washington anymore. It was Brian Robinson. And now Brian Robinson's health. I mean, obviously we pray that he can recover quickly from this and just really unfortunate circumstances. But, you know, we heard Ron Rivera say they hope that he, there's a chance he's going to be able to play this season. Um, You know, I, I hope personally he's able to get on the field. But if he's not, I think you'll look at someone like J.D. McKissick could have a lot of value in this offense. Obviously, Antonio Gibson will get more of a bump if he's not competing for carries with three backs, now only two. But J.D. McKissick last year was great as a compliment to Antonio Gibson. Um, I remember I had him on my bench, and there were five or six games last year where he was giving me 15 or more fantasy points for PPR because he was getting five receptions. He was getting 50 yards. He had a couple big plays where where Taylor Heineke was throwing to him – sort of improv out of out of play on the fly, just getting yards after the catch. Um, but I think he could be really valuable now if they do want to have a split backfield with Antonio Gibson. If J.D. McKissick is getting around 10 carries a game, you know, five targets a game, that could be really valuable as someone who's going pretty much undrafted right now in fantasy drafts. Uh, so that's my sort of take on the Washington situation. I think You know, Jarrett Patterson, also a guy last year when Gibson went down for two games, had super productive games, pretty a 20-point fantasy game last season as filling in as a backup. He's a really talented back who I think could get some opportunity. And then, you know, looking at other now third-down running backs in offenses who have opportunities, we just mentioned Kenyon Drake a little bit. I think Amir Abdullah could be playing his way into fantasy relevance in Las Vegas. They brought him in in the offseason – then, you know, it was fringe whether he's going to make the roster or not. He's going to now because Kenyon Drake was cut. They chose Abdullah over Kenyon Drake to be the third down back in this offense. And what's really interesting, Amir Abdullah is someone who we've always wanted him to catch on, you know, electric player, great talent, kind of a kick return type guy. But last year in Carolina from week eight on, 
he was on pace for over 80 targets and 60 receptions, playing as the third down running back for Carolina once Christian McCaffrey went down. You know, if he's the third down running back in Las Vegas, even though we're all in on Josh Jacobs and we're in on Devontae Adams, he could be someone who steals a lot of work in that backfield in the offense as the third down running back. We've seen Josh McDaniel offenses, you know, heavily feature Brandon Bolden and, and James White uh, and even Deion Lewis, a couple, you know, a lot of times they have this third down running back who could really be valuable. I just don't know Josh McDaniels as a head coach. Will all of those philosophies totally, you know, translate to the Raiders? Because it, it is interesting. We're we're trying to well, Hunter Renfro is going to be the Julian Edelman and and Gronk and and Darren Waller, and we're we are comparing. I I just want to kind of see it. So um I think it's Abdullah's probably worth the flyer because I'm not big on Josh Jacobs. He's just one of those guys you don't you can't fully trust, even though his numbers aren't terrible, and he's he's right there in that that RB two mix. But I'm passing on on Jacobs, so uh, so a flyer, yeah, with Abdullah. I, I don't know uh, if you necessarily draft him, but if it's week one on the waiver wire and you see that Amir Abdullah gets you know five receptions and ends up with like twelve fantasy points, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that happens. And I think he could be relevant some weeks if you need someone to start in a flex on a whim. That's fair. So one guy that's that's rising in my mind and, and my personal rankings and, and attention. I don't I don't do my own rankings necessarily. Harrison has his own rankings. Those are available to you as a as a member. Uh, but just in my in my efforts of of who I'm taking, I've avoided the Jets in general. All right, but Michael Carter is intriguing to me um, because let's face it, the, the Jets are still going to be down in games. They're going to be trying to come back. Joe Flacco, especially to start the year, if he is the guy, either way, whether it's Zach Wilson or him, they're going to be dumping the ball off. And, and I like Michael Carter as that third, you know, that third down running back. We'll see. We don't know about Brees Hall. Let's see it in action. I know there's a lot of comps for him that that he should translate well to the NFL, and and that's that's fair. You got to pay a high price for him. But right now, Michael Carter is ranked 40th uh, by Fantasy Pros. He's got. He's going to be better than that. We've already seen it. Like, we haven't seen Ken Walker. We haven't seen James Cook do it. And, uh, Melvin Gordon, I'm out on him. So I'm moving Michael Carter past all those guys. I'm taking him before all those guys. Um, so if I can if I can snag him as, I guess he would be like a, even an RB, a, a low RB3, but but an RB4, I'm, I'm loving life. So I, I've added him. Normally I eliminate Jets players, but I've added him to the, to the mix. So he's one guy that's, that's rising for me. All right, on the flip side, Harrison, uh, who are some guys that that are falling, they're fading, uh, that, that you're maybe you used to be high on that you are no longer as interested in? So one guy who at the beginning of the offseason we were in on because we love the opportunity in Philadelphia, Miles Sanders. I am falling on him because he is really yet to practice the entire offseason. He's still not practicing again this week, which leaves only two weeks until the regular season starts and you haven't even put on pads or, or you run a play in the offense. Like that is really concerning to me, especially when there's a guy, Kenneth Gainwell behind him, who I know you think is really talented. I think is really talented. I've taken Kenneth Gainwell in all three of my drafts so far. I'm really, I don't think I'm going to take Miles Sanders at all this year because if he plays great, but I think there's a chance where he's injury prone. He hasn't really been productive so far in his career. Kenneth Gainwell could take over this backfield for Miles Sanders because he's been the one getting the snaps right now in training camp along with Boston Scott. And then another guy injury wise who we were really high on to start the offseason, really hopeful for his new situation, Juju Smith-Schuster. 
I'm starting to fade on him a little bit. One, because of his ADP. He is going super high right now in drafts. Everyone else is in on Juju, yeah. so it's kind of hard yeah. to take him where he he's actually going. And the second thing is, he has this lingering knee injury where he keeps having to get his knee drained and he sits out oh. practice because of knee soreness. You said you didn't want to be hanging out with a Liz Frank. I don't want to be hanging out with anyone who has their knee balloon every other day and has to get it drained. And it's just like, we want to avoid guys. We want to avoid guys who are going to be constantly questionable throughout the season. Yes. You know, if you have a season ended injury, you know, that's not necessarily your fault. It, things happen. But if you are questionable every single week uh. and one week, his knees hurting him more than another. So he's a, a late to game time scratch and doesn't end up playing, you know, that is really concerning to me. And also what's really interesting is that Kansas City just restructured his contract to put more incentive on how many games he plays during the season. So if you have a guy that's injury prone and then financially they're saying, hey, we need to restructure your contract to ensure that you're going to play more games this year. He's probably not going to be a lock to play that many games this year or be off the questionable injury list week to week. Yeah, absolutely. I was trying to look up... Uh... The, the latest news and then the video plays. So there you go. They got to love the automatic video playing. Did you hear that? Did it go through? No, you? I did not hear that. No, <laughs> just went in my, my head and threw me off. Um, but I'm told I'm totally in agreement with you when it comes to questionable players, like guys that are, that are lingering and, and especially that have a history of the, the questionableness. Um, on the other side of it, I was thinking about this today. We also have to remember how long the season is. And I'm nervous when guys start the season injured, but at the same time, let's say they miss a couple games to start the year. If they do come back healthy and then they play 14, 15 games the rest of the way, we're still going to be okay. So I'm going back and forth on Darren Waller, who I drafted in my, in my first draft. And I want to say, oh, he's, you should fade him. He's got the hamstring injury, which if you mention the word drain, Liz Frank or hamstring or groin, I'm out like those, th those things. I don't, I don't want to deal with those. Um, but or like ankle, you could play through like ankle. All right, fine. Yeah, he's got a bum ankle. Yeah, tape it up. We'll, we'll, we'll go. Uh, his wrist hurts. All right, fine. Get out there. You got your wrist hurts, but you start talking about hamstring. So anyway, so I'm going back and forth with Darren Waller, but, but let's just say the Raiders, Darren, just rest the first two weeks. Like, get this hamstring right. Don't force it. We need you for the long run. And 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 he misses the first couple games. I still want Darren Waller down the stretch. So to, for me to eliminate Darren, all right, I'm not drafting him in coming in the coming drafts. I'm not willing to do that. Hopefully, he gets docked a little bit, and other guys are passing on him, and then he slips. I'm still willing to go after Darren Waller. I've seen the talent. I know what he's capable of. Looks like he's going to sign a big contract, so gets that gets that taken care of. It's not looming over him anymore. Um, but 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 I guess my other point is, if some of these guys we hear in practice reports, Deontay Johnson, like all of a sudden last night in your draft, he fell f far. Now, if that's falling because oh no, Deontay Deontay Johnson, he got he got a little banged up in practice. Doesn't mean he's going to be out for the whole year. He's just a little banged up. So to eliminate him as one of the top wide receivers is an overreaction to this time of year when we hear the fantasy news. And I'm guilty of it, too, because I'll get an update, and I'll go, oh, that guy's injured. Psh, out. I don't want him. I don't want him. Whoa, 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 Let's look a little bit more into it. Ah, he just took a day off of rest. You know, he's resting his sore arm. 
he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Even if he misses week one, he'll be fine. So that's just a little, uh, I'm talking myself. It's a little coaching for myself. Hopefully that helps somebody as well. But yeah, I think a guy like that right now, who because of initial reports, we were super out on for the season is Chris Godwin right now, who is going Mm. way late in drafts, even though he's pretty much been a top 15 wide receiver every season he plays with Tom Brady, but he's on the field right now, practicing in 11 on 11s with Tampa Bay. There were initially reports. He was going to be out the first eight weeks, six weeks of the season. You know, if he's practicing right now, he may not be a hundred percent for week one, but still, he's going right now like a wide receiver, like 25. If you get him at that price and he misses, let's say, only the first two weeks of the season and then is healthy for the rest of the season as the number one receiver for Tom Brady, that is a you know absolutely league-winning move because you're getting a top 10 guy in later rounds right now for the part of the season that matters. Nothing really matters the first two weeks in fantasy, right? If you start out 0-2, you can still rebound. You can pick someone off, up off the waiver wire. But you want guys who are available later in the season when you're making your push for the playoffs and making your playoff run towards a championship. So if someone misses the first two weeks, I'm not really bothered by that. If they're missing the first six weeks, then yes, that's a huge hit because it's a majority of your season. Yes. But you Agreed. know, if they're out week one, if they're falling around or two or your drafts because they're going to miss one week of the season, I'm pretty sure if you ask anyone right now, hey, you know, your star fantasy player is only going to play 16 of 17 games. Is that okay with you? You'd say, oh, absolutely. They only missed one game. That's great. Christian McCaffrey only misses one game this season. Of course I'll take him. But Darren Waller's out for week one. I don't know if I can trust that. I don't know if I can trust him only missing one week. Yeah, no, that's it. That's what we have to, to, to navigate through. And just to hit home one more, one more point that, that Harrison brought up. If a guy is always questionable and it seems like it's going to be a lingering thing all year, then that's what you don't want. And, and D- again, Darren Waller's tough because that hamstring, it puts him in that category that does make me nervous in general. Um, but I, I, I like the Raiders offense and, 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 and with what the, they're doing. The questionable thing as well, every single time I think about this, this offseason with a Miles Sanders or a Juju, I just yes. think back to last year. Yes. I think back to Curtis Samuel being questionable the entire offseason. Ron Rivera and everyone saying he's good to go week one. He's good to go. He'll play. And then playing two games the entire year because he just couldn't get over his injury. That's what I think of every time. And, you know, maybe that's a little bit of an overreaction right now, but it's just so hard. If you are questionable every week for me to be able to trust you and put you in my lineup. Yeah. I, and, and think back to next to last year too. Who were some of those guys that were always questionable last year? And if they're starting the year as questionable again, run for the Hills. Kadarius Tony, I think, is he, is he questionable again? He seems to be popping up on the injury report a little too often for me, too. Oh, there's so much potential there. Kind of in that Curtis Samuel kind of range there that, that makes me nervous. So the, the Giants, I still haven't come around on the Giants. Other than Barkley, I think Barkley's going to be great no matter what. I think he's going to have an awesome season. I think he'll bounce back. We've seen the talent there. But outside of him, I'm avoiding the Giants players. I, I, I am. I'm sticking to that. All right, Harrison, great job. Look forward to talking next week. I'll have uh, a couple more drafts under my belt, uh, and I think you will as well. So we'll talk about that, and uh, we'll get ready for week one next week. Here we go, baby. Everyone have a wonderful Labor Day, and enjoy the weekend. For Harrison, I'm Bryce. I'm a fantasy owner who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join us as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the fantasy football fellowship podcast presented by MetaShare.